Welcome back to another episode of Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. My name is Dylan. I co-own the float shop with my lovely wife, Sandra, in Portland, Oregon. And over the years, I mean, we've been open nearly 10 years now, we have had to fire a few, uh, <laughs> I was going to say employees, excuse me. <laughs> uh, we've had to, that's a different episode altogether. We've had to fire a few customers. I would estimate between three and six over the course of about 10 years. And this is Gloria Morris. I own Float 60, and we have a, a couple of locations. Um, we have mutually agreed to let go of about a half a dozen customers. Hmm. One was two at the same time. And this is Drew from New Hampshire Float. And in just under four years, I have, uh, are we calling it firing customers? Because I've, <laughs> or mutually agreed, I'll do go with Gloria's, mutually agreed <laughs> to part ways with uh, three customers that I'm so happy that I did because my life improved after that. And this is Kim Hannon. I own Sukino Float Center in Salt Cave in Southern Indiana with my husband. And we have um, invited three people to experience other things in life. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, has anybody found when you say, uh, you know, I think it'd be best if you found another center or, you know, something like that. Um, all of a sudden they really want to be at your center. All of a sudden mm -hmm. your value goes up. <laughs> you notice that? I don't, I don't even want them to go to my other floaty yeah, friends I, you know, across I the river. Yeah. I, I don't think I actually <laughs> do that. Yeah. Um, Drew, yeah. what were you going to say? I, I just think that there are times where I, I have said, this isn't your float center. And maybe they would be a better fit with somebody else because mm -hmm. I can't be attentive to their needs in the way that they need them to. Nice. And I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, but also there are some just, I mean, can I say assholes? There are some assholes out there. And, right, there are difficult customers, and there are customers that eat up a lot of your time. And those are different than those rare people who cross the line, mm -hmm. and enough is enough, and they're not worth your energy anymore. And once you part ways with them, life improves. And I guess I'm saying this from the standpoint of people who have come back repeatedly and sure. wanted to come back. And you know, things happened and we had to end it. Um, so that's where I said at the beginning, my life improved because I felt like it was a burden lifted off of my shoulders mm -hmm. right. because I was so stressed out by these people. And when I saw they were coming in on Friday, mm -hmm. on Monday, I'm already stressed out about that person coming in. So I think that they're, you know, everyone's different. There's a line everyone has. And mm -hmm. I would say that You've heard it, all of us, to include Kim, Gloria, Dylan, all very extremely nice. I put you all at the top of my nice people list. You've all had to, at some point, cut ties with the customer. And so I don't think it speaks negatively to the business if mm -hmm. you have to cut ties with the customer. So if there's people out there right now who are dealing with difficult customers who maybe cross that line, I think they should feel... Um, at least confident in that they are the owners, they are there to protect their center. And sometimes, uh, what's that? Uh, a net negative becomes a positive, or it's mm -hmm. a, a negative becomes a net positive. I don't know how that goes, but you know, and addition by subtraction. Before. Yeah, I've, I've had cases where we've podcast, had difficult okay. clients. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
but I've had that case where we've had difficult clients who have later become really great clients. Like we've seen the transformation between this like stressed out, angry person and how much floating has helped them. And I, and I think that's going to what you were saying, Drew. Those are the people we can help. It, it's hard and sometimes it can be really stressful and anxiety inducing, but then there are other people who either do something very unethical, which we had one of those, or they're just complete assholes. And we had kind of like Gloria, it was a two for one, uh, a woman and her niece who wow. came in. Um, and that's a different, a whole different ball game. So ours was a mother and a daughter. That's interesting. That is interesting. Very interesting. Huh? I also find it interesting that Drew thinks that we're all really sweet people. Like, can I get right? me and Gloria? I, that was surprising. Mm. That I was all, that was on air. That was all on okay, air okay, stuff. That's for the yeah, because yeah. I don't I don't really get we described do as anymore, sweet. Drew. Like <laughs> <laughs> that was a last episode. <laughs> so you guys, what is so there are categories, right, of why we would do this. Number one, like if it's a gross misconduct of somebody like stealing something, right? That's, or that's you know, is it is it rude to your employees? Like what right. what is it that really tends to put you put you over the line and what can we serve as a warning to people coming in that if you do this you're not going to be welcome back I'll, I'll go first and and say the number one for me is how you treat my employees like nothing will set me off more than than that we have had things stolen totally. from our center but nothing emotionally fires me up like not treating our employees with respect and so if, if you're unable to do that, and, and by the way, like Kim was saying, you know, we, we are providing something for people where they're not necessarily showing up in their best state, and that's okay. Like, you can, you can be a little rough around the edges. You could be going through something. We, we talk about this, you know, at every em employee meeting that we don't know where that person is at. It's very rare somebody's going to completely open up. And, and maybe at Truth Center, that's a little bit different. They feel so comfortable with him. They are doing that, which I love. Um, and at the shop, it, it's not quite like that. So anyway, we, we don't know where they're at, but we want to still provide this space where they're going to be able to find solace, peace, introspection, pain relief, all these things that are going to benefit them. And sometimes that can be difficult. But when you raise your voice, when you use rude language or foul language, when you're crossing these boundaries of respect, making somebody feel uncomfortable or unsafe, then that's where we draw the line where you got to go. And I will say... We have, and, and I know this is kind of about like firing um, customer. I keep on saying employees. Uh, firing uh, <laughs> you customers. You fire a lot, don't yeah, you? Yeah, nonstop. Yeah, turnover is crazy. No, it's, it's pretty good. But um, <laughs> is the idea that you can train your customers as well. And there, we have done training of our customers of letting them know explicitly this is what we need from you to be able to experience what we have for you. And that has actually worked out really well for us. And we've had people turn around their, their attitude and follow those guidelines uh, to, to, to years of floating. Mm -hmm. And I will also say <laughs> that when you're having a difficult experience with a customer, you can note that in Float Helm. Yes, this is an ad read. Uh, Float Helm has an option for every customer. You can actually make a note about that customer and it can be put a float halo in their room it could be increase the temperature before running the the pumps it could be whatever about them it can also be this person has a strike this person talked inappropriately that person was emailed by management 
And if it happens again, you know, you know, it, it can be, you know, notified management again. It can be, this is what you're supposed to say to them, or you could fire them on the spot, whatever. But Float Helm has the ability to be able to keep a log of those things. And again, um, it can be, you know, the how to help them. It can also be the about this customer, which also started to go off a little bit here, but you can have no call, no shows listed there as well. Glory, we're going to add something. Yeah. The other th- super cool thing about Helm is they have an alert feature. So next to the name, there's a little like radar and you can push that so that it alerts you, whoever signed in at the time to say, if this person makes a reservation, contact me. So that is something, I don't know that everybody knows about I that. Know that. <laughs> I, I just saw your mind blow. Yes. <laughs> it's so cool. Right. And that way, like if you have a VIP that's, you know, booking, you can set it. So if they go in there and book the reservation, it will actually alert you or whoever is signed in. So that that's huge. Speaking of, speaking of the notes, I love that about home, by the way. And going back to this being a customer service kind of series, do you guys leverage that to actually like get to know your customers so that like people, your employees, are they reading those notes and kind of using that information to customize the experience at all or to kind of, you know, be on guard if somebody is a rude customer? I mean, first I, of all, love, I want to know, love that. I, I want to note that Graham, the only feedback he ever says is, you talk about Helmbot too much. These ads go on in too detail about how great our product is. <laughs> Reel them in 30 seconds is is really what we... Uh, I'm sure he really says that. He really does. He really, yeah. really does. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, one thing I keep forgetting is I call it Helm, uh, Float Helm. It's Helm- Helmbot. Helmbot. They did change their name yeah. to Helmbot. Um, and yeah, like like I said, whether it's the, you know, put in two float halos or an extra towel, something like that, or extra Vaseline kind of thing. See, I come from what, what Gloria was saying there. I come from a property management background. The company that I worked for for 15 years was property management. We were trained to take notes on everything. If a customer mm. looks at you sideways, you put a note um, and to keep that history. <clears throat> it was also really great for what she was saying is, you know, having these little notes that you can pull up and, you know, oh, how was your trip to Spain last month? Nice. Or, you know, we haven't seen you since such and such. And that's really, really helpful, especially in cases where you are passing something from one employee to the next. Um, I live by notes. Like it is just such an important piece of being able to really connect with people. And I have a terrible memory. You know, it takes me a really long time to like remember everything. And especially when you're talking about volume of, you know, how many guests that we're all seeing every week. Um, Having those notes is such a a really powerful thing for the good guests just as much as the bad. And I think sometimes we tend to record notes about the the hard interactions a little bit more than the the positive ones. That's a good point. That's great. Yeah, for sure. Drew, where should they go? To Helm. Helmbot.com. I've been dying to add one more thing. I don't know what to call it. I feel like we all date ourselves with how we call whatever we call it. Oh, funny. Um, The exclamation point in Float Helm, very important. So it shows up as there's a note and you can hover right over it. I love that. You can hover over it, still see the schedule. A little note will pop up. And documentation is very important. It is difficult to keep track of all of this. Everything should be written down so you can have a clear, concise. And should anything ever happen, whether it be um, they go to 
you know, that town health inspector or to social media, you have a, a clear, concise documentation of what actually happened. Nice. That's great. You know, yeah. Helmbot.com is awesome. I give that two thumbs up as well. That's right. So can we, can, so, so Dylan, you said you've gotten rid of six people. I've gotten rid of six people, four to six. I got rid of six people. Like what were the offenses? So I, I give some wiggle room because like Drew did stipulate that it's like long-term customers. We have had to eschew somebody out who this is just not a good fit. Like this just seems like a high risk situation. You seem manic like this. This is just not good. We had somebody crying. Uh, it just, like it didn't seem like they were mentally well. Um, by the way, that was when we did a print advertisement. We do not do print. Um, that did not bring us a, a lot of business or B, um, the kind of business we wanted to attract. Um, but for the most part, it, it is what I brought up, which is um, how people are just uh, talking to our employees. Uh, you, there's just a benchmark respect that people have to meet. And if they can't, they either have to go or they have to ship up. What ship about up you, Kim? Is how I should have said that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, why, why did you fire some folks? Um, two were people who, uh, told me they were disappointed in me because I was one of them. This is a real, this happened. Uh, there was a snowstorm on a Monday. We closed down. I'm closed on a Tuesday, Wednesday at nine Oh three. She called, uh, we opened at nine 30 at nine 42. I got a like really nasty email about how disappointed she was in me for not responding to her <laughs> from Monday to Wednesday. And there were things leading up to that, but sure. she tri I was triggered with the whole disappointment yeah, yeah. thing. I'm like, you're not my mother. I'm a grown man, <laughs> and I don't want you floating <laughs> here if you're disappointed in me. So time to find another spot. I sent a nice email. Never heard from her again. But It um, sounds nice. It sounds nice. I was nice about it. <laughs> I was nice about it. Um, and also, I had someone who, um, how do I say, uh, like – pooped in the shower and tried oh, wow. to cover it up and didn't say anything. Oh, and, um, it was like, oh. that was, that was the end of that one. And it was, I, it put, it put my employee into, um, it, what I felt was an unsafe situation by not saying anything about it. And there was opportunity oh, to say something about it. There was opportunity to do better things than how she reacted. So, um, I know sometimes that can be a tough thing, but, yeah. um, you know, you got to own that and you can't try to hide that. And then <laughs> have an employee go in there, like you clean different if that happens. Right. Right. So, right. um, yeah, those are a couple of the reasons, but I, I do have a limit and I do, I put up with a lot with people sure. and I will use those notes because even the difficult people, you know, you ask them questions, ask them questions about themselves. Even difficult people will talk about themselves. And if you can kind of break through and get them to, I, I'm with you, Gloria, you had said that, that some difficult people who, who really stress me out have turned into awesome long-term customers, clients who come in and float and it's worked out, right? But maybe it was a little rocky at first. And um, those are the ones you, I feel as though when I've kind of told people that's it, I've tried everything. I felt like I was bending over backwards right. and you were taking advantage of the situation. And then something happened with it. Okay. That's the line for me. I'm done with you. So that's it. Gloria, how do you, how do you, I assume you have to 
take the word of your of your employees when something happens. But do you, if an employee tells you there was an incident with the customer, do you call the customer and say, well, the employee said this, I want to hear your version of it. Or do you just, yeah. Yeah. I'm the master troubleshooter customer experience, you know, contact. So I get, even to this day, I have, I don't delegate this ever. I get the emails, you know, if somebody complains or if something happens and then we have our logbook and whatnot. So I'll, I've asked that anytime we have a situation that I get notified, if it's something that's significant. And so I will call the customer and I will ask for their version of the story. I'll, you know, be very, very nice about it. Um, I guess, depending upon the severity of it. So last week, I, I definitely should talk about this last week. We had somebody who had bought a, a package or a gift card. It was a gift card. It was a promotional gift card. And they were just trying to scam us, right? So they wanted a refund and they wanted a refund for the whole amount. So it was like a $200 gift card for 150. It was a promotion for that. So you spend 150, you get a 200. And this person wanted a full $200 in cash back. And I said, you know, absolutely not. That's not the way businesses work. We can't give you more than we, you know, took in. It's just not possible. No business will do that. And she just went back and forth. Well, then she called like all of my employees at different times to see if they she could get different answers. So finally, I, I said, you know, moving forward, I'm the only person you'll be in contact with. My employees have been directed to immediately pass you back to me if you call them. And, you know, at this point, I think we should just part ways and, you know, you won't be welcome back. You know, it was just very matter of fact. I had reached my limit at that point. But 99% of the the time, I can, I feel like this is one of my superpowers. I can turn a negative situation into a positive. And one of the things I wanted to talk about on the last podcast is when you do have a problem with a customer, you know, a lot of times it's their perception that it's your fault. And oftentimes it's not. When you have a problem and you go about resolving it in a certain way that's, you know, comes out with a positive outcome, they are more loyal to you than if there was no problem at all, right? It's the whole service recovery model. So that could be a whole episode in and of itself that I think we should talk about at some point. Like what level of empowerment do you give your employees to solve issues before they get escalated to where, you know, things are so hot you have to fire a customer or an employee, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a little more difficult for employees also. And I, I would hope they well, I guess it could go either way, right? You either they'll either put up with more or they might put up with less and then you have a negative interaction that you're that you're working with. Um and one one thing that I thought of as Gloria was speaking is that sometimes you have to have uncomfortable situations with people. And I think that in the float industry, there might be, you know, we all come from different walks of life. And a little tip that I use when I'm about to have an uncomfortable situation is I imagine that I'm jumping off a cliff into water. And in that moment where I kind of don't want to do it, and then at a certain point, I say, nah, fuck it, I'm going for it. And go for it and just commit and go through with it and say, we got to do this and feel confident about going in and doing that because you're adults and you try talking with people and sometimes that you, you gotta, you know, do it 
devoid of emotion and have that business conversation and try not to let your emotions get the best of you or your ego because sometimes that can affect how you're reacting or how you're feeling, right? So try to be as very closed off emotionally and go for it. Like, yeah, it stinks. It's part of the deal though. You, it can't all be, you know, unicorns and rainbows all the time. Yeah, you have to have boundaries and respect those boundaries for your employees, especially. So Dylan, I love that. I think that's, you know, certainly the best reason to fire a customer is if they mistreat your team. That's super important to me. So I I couldn't agree with that more. But yeah, showing your boundaries and sticking to them, I think is the key. And if they cross the line, they're not for you. I'm curious, Kim, since your mm-hmm. husband works in your shop. Has anyone ever been disrespectful to you and in a way that Graham had to step in? Huh. It's wow, crazy that you asked that because yes, <laughs> and I know you didn't know yeah. the story. Um, we had a guest who um, her husband had booked her appointment for her, and we go through the exact same booking questions with every single guest, and that includes. Um, are you able to control all bodily fluids? Are you able to step in and out of a tub without assistance? And then we run through a couple of health conditions, which we don't recommend floating. So the woman's husband, um, answered those questions in a way that Graham booked the appointment, said that she was physically able to step in and out, um, without any kind of an issue. And she showed up for her appointment and we are in a basement level. And so, um, you have to step down a couple of steps in order to get to our front door and to come into our center. We make that very well known to everybody. It's on our emails, it's on our website, it's, you know, it's everywhere. So when the woman was uh, dropped off by her cab driver, or her, um, she came down the steps and uh, Graham noticed that she was really struggling to make it down the stairs. And so that threw up his red flags and he, you know, talked to her and said, hey, I don't know if this is a good idea. It might not be as accessible for you um, to come in. And he took her to the suite, showed her everything and, you know, explained, we can't help you in and out. Um, you have to be able to do that on your own. And, um, the woman agreed that it was not a good idea for her to come back, but she had her driver dropped her off and she only deals with one driver. She will not let anybody else drive her. And that should have been a little cue right there. And, um, so she sat in our lounge and this was, you know, during the pandemic, she sat in our lounge waiting for her driver to come back and it's cold outside. So Graham's not going to send this poor old woman like outside to the freezing cold. She ended up, he had to wait around past closing to, uh, for her driver to come back to pick her up. Um, they discussed her coming back with her niece. She really wanted to do it. And her niece was going to come back and assist her in and out once again, not the best idea here, but she insisted on it. And this is where I probably would have been a little bit more hardline than my dear sweet husband who, you know, wants to help everybody in a way that I felt was, you know, oh, I don't know about this. It's given me, you know, my spidey sense is going off here. Um, so she came back again another night when I was working the front desk. And when she walked in, I didn't have her on the schedule. I knew the three people that we had scheduled to book at that time or to float at that time slot. And so she walked in and, and I was already like, oh, this is, oh, this isn't going to go well. Like I knew that there was going to be a little bit of friction there. And she comes in and insists that she had an appointment that night. 
and uh, her niece is there, and it was, um, to say, uncomfortable. <laughs> if it had just been a simple, oh, I'm so sorry, there's a, you know, I don't know what happened here, or something of that nature. But she starts screaming at me at the top of her lungs, and that's a trigger for me. <laughs> I have some childhood trauma around yelling, and whenever you start yelling at me, I shut down, and I was shaking, and just in this place of like trying to hold myself and trying to do exactly what Drew was telling, you know, and I'm trained in customer service and trying to shut down the emotional piece of it. But in the meantime, I have my guests who are coming in, including one who is a first timer standing awkwardly in the corner. And this woman is screaming about how she has an appointment and she demands to get in the tanks and they deserve to be there. Come to find out she did not actually schedule the appointment. And I asked her who she had spoken with and she explained it was a, a tall man with brown hair. <laughs> My husband is short and bald. So <laughs> I knew right there that there was a, something going on. Yeah. Um, she, I asked her, I, I, you know, I, I offered to help um, get them rescheduled. And um, I asked her if I could take just one moment to get my members in who knew everything about the float. They just wanted to know which room they were in. Ask if I could take just a moment to get them in. And she said, no. Wow. You will help me. Oh, and I wow. was just shocked. Like, wait a minute. What? So, you know, she proceeded to yell and scream at me about how awful this is and how this is the second time she's been there and we're not letting her float um, and how we're discriminating against her because, of course, as I'm booking them into the appointments, then she starts screaming at me for belittling her and being condescending wow. because I ask if she's able to step in and out of the tub without assistance. And uh, oh she continued gosh. on and on. Finally, I get her out. I printed out her confirmations. She said something about how she doesn't read emails. And so I printed her email confirmations that are sent out and mailed them to her and her <laughs> niece to make sure I highlighted everything. Like I was covering all my bases. Then um, the time comes for them to come back in again. For, and I did all, that a is insane. You went so uh -huh. far about like, I, I can't imagine I would have met them that far. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. That's incredible. Right. And I comped a salt cave visit for them. I was thinking like, <sighs> come in early get you in the salt cave, start to settle down a little bit. Um, and that night came that they were supposed to be coming back in. And my anxiety was like all day. I, I was in shambles, honestly, like I couldn't do yeah, it. I so, would I imagine that's extreme. Yeah, My, my wonderful yeah. husband went in and one of her uh, complaints with the night that he was there was that we should have female employees on staff um, to help the female guests in and out of the, the tank. And he explained that while we do have females, that doesn't change the fact that we really can't help you in and out for your safety. We need you to be able to step in and out on your own. Um, so she came back that night and I watched everything on the security camera. Uh -huh. <laughs> My daughter and I sat down in the, the kitchen and we're sitting there watching the whole thing unfold. My hands once again were shaking. Uh -huh. I was a mess just watching this whole thing. And I'm like, and, but I wanted to watch because, honestly, I was concerned about what she was going to say about him and how he interacted. And is, he, is she going to accuse him of something? Sure. And she started going off about me and about that woman who was there that last time and um, about how I was discriminating against her because she wasn't physically able to, to move all the way on her own. 
And he explained that this is a routine process. You know, we ask every single guest, even if you've been here a hundred times, our members have to ask answer the same questions because that once again could change. Um, and so he explained all of that and she just continued to go on and on and on. And, and so he had that moment of like, oh, and it's hard <laughs> whenever somebody's bad mouthing your spouse, he handled it beautifully. Um, and and explained well no this this is the case and then she actually did send a semi apology apology my way um through him it it was very weak um but she started the same thing again as soon as she walked in the door she was yelling and screaming about not being you know not having the right kind of shampoo that she wanted and just started like right there well um it's it's crazy like everything that you're saying you're you're very lucky in this situation that you and Graham are the people working there like right. you mm-hmm. you really are like in a situation where you know you'll you'll know if somebody's trying to pull one over you know right. and i don't want to like go back to helmbot but i think any crm system should give you the ability to make these types of documentation because what if this type of character which i know they're they're out there they're doing that and you've got 10 employees and it's he said this, she said that, and then you can't keep track of the lies, right? So mm-hmm. it goes back to the importance of documentation for these mm-hmm. situations. And if anything is off kilter, if something doesn't feel right, you probably should document it, right? You got it. So, yeah. so you know, just to kind yeah, of loop that like in. A huge takeaway for what we should get out yeah. of this episode. Yeah. 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 You never yeah. know what the spin so, is. Long story short, it did not go well. Um, the niece never even got to get into float because the woman stepped in and experienced vaginal burning, started screaming her head off. Oh, um, of course and so she did. The niece had to come rushing, and of oh. course she could not get out. Um, so it was a bad situation. The irony, laugh, she I said don't. that she, yeah, she loved the salt cave and said she would be back for that. Great. And so that's when the response was, thank you, we're glad you enjoyed it. But it's so. But you you don't need to come back. And we flagged the account, blocked her. Nope, not doing it. We refunded her all of her money and explained that this was not the experience that she needed to repeat. Another so. great call out is sometimes it's worth it to refund people and get them the oh, hell yes, out. Absolutely, right? Yeah, 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 yeah Like yeah, just yeah. suck yeah. it up. Absolutely. Refund them and be done with them. Yeah, she, say, they together oh, cost us probably like $350, $400 geez. once you added up all of the canceled appointments and the comp appointments and Lots. everything. But it was money well spent to not have to deal with them again. <laughs> Good for you. That and just I, brought I, up something that, sorry, Dylan, this goes back to um, Helmbot. Within Helmbot, <laughs> if I, sorry, it's awesome. I, I use it. It's awesome. But you can, with marketing, um, you can pull out, you know, the customer information, their phone numbers to do text campaigns or the emails to do email campaigns. And I, I go in and I remove a letter from, or a number from the, you know, a letter from the email or a number from Mm -hmm. the phone number. I put it in the notes so it's there, but I take out a little number so that they don't get the emails. Although I do think they have sneaky. Yeah. I think you can remove it. I think they give, have an option to remove it anyway, but I yeah. do it because just I just don't want any mistakes. For good about measure. It. Yeah. And there's also the old disable their account. Right. Yep. Just do mm-hmm. that. Yep. Right. I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Kim yeah. going back to 
her being able to get in and out of the tank, I, I just have to say <laughs> that isopods are great because you've got this nice <laughs> flat surface you can actually sit on, brace yourself on both sides as you get into the float tank. I love an isopod. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I will send her to the float shop. It's a... <laughs> well, Coming in hot. An isopod. You too could have a customer like this if you have an isopod. Uh, they're convenient uh, gas springs to open and close your doors. In, in all honesty, the, in all honesty, this is an ad, ad read for a float tank that I truly do love. And... It is one of those float tanks where I do like, because the height of the entrance of how you get into a float tank um, can make people more stressed out or feel more at ease. But when they know they can just have a seat on it, kick one leg over, brace themselves, kick the other leg over, it feels a lot easier for people. So that works out great. Um, I love our isopod. It's a super friendly float tank. It's very spacious. People always have a breath of relief once they see this float tank. I-SOPOD.com is where you want to go to check out isopods. Tell them that we sent you. Again, isopod float tanks are where you want to go. And uh, are we out of time, Drew? Is that, are you giving me the, the are you giving the cane? We're close. Yeah, I think right. we, I think we're maxed out for this episode. And okay. I think it was awesome that we shared some stories. And yeah. Kim, I feel, I feel closer to like, all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having Kim, a moment here. Heart. We need to give you a hug. Virtual oh, hug. Virtual yeah. hug. Virtual yeah. hug for you. That Where's that button? <laughs> Man, Kim. I bet yeah. Helmbot does. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, oh, yeah, I guess I should wrap it up, huh? Well, thank you, Float Helm. Thank you, Isopod. Thanks to for um, supporting our show. Thanks to all of our Patreon supporters for also supporting us and make sure we're here mostly every week, mostly every week. And uh, thanks just to everybody who's listening. I truly appreciate your ears and hope that we're doing something beneficial for your business and cranking those gears so that you're considering the things to improve your customer experience. <clears throat> I'd also like to thank Olga, our show producer, for making sure that we have a quality podcast to provide for you each week. And of course... My co-hosts, Gloria, Drew, and Kim, thank you guys so much. It's such a gosh darn pleasure to talk to you guys every week. And uh, let's see here. Thanks to Deepest Darkest, uh, who plays our intro-outro music. And I think that's about it. Until next time, you're fired. Get your float <laughs> conference tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until oh. next time. Yeah, this is definitely the part of the show that gets our <laughs> highest listenership. The last three seconds of our podcast. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, I'll, I'll record a thing at the beginning. Um, get, get your float conference. No, don't. Kim, Kim's in charge of float conference. She says, don't do that. Okay. Um, get your float conference tickets. Uh, I'll be there. I mean, what more reason do you need? I think we're all going to be there. So, uh, yeah, let's party it up. Have a good time in person. I'm vaccinated, so let's party. All right. Until next time. Mahalo.